Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to arisealife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. If you've got Bibles, you win. If you don't, you're out of luck. Because today in the church calendar is Pentecost. And if you guys remember, Jesus died around the time of, of Easter or, or Passover. He died at Passover and, and he was raised to life. Um, and he spent the next 40 days hanging out with upwards of anywhere to five to 600 people saw him resurrected. And then came the moment when he was carried up into heaven. And he said, guys, I need you. Chapter one of Acts. And I love it. They're still clueless. They're like, is now the time for the verse six that you're going to restore the kingdom of Israel? They're still thinking about thrones. They're still thinking about taking over. And he's like, it's all right. Don't you glad, aren't you glad you don't have to know everything for God to empower you? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times, dates the father has set uh, by his own authority, but you will receive power, power. Dunamis, that's that word, like that's where we get dynamite from. Power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. Now, here's the thing. He had already, in John, he said he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you said yes to Jesus, you have Holy Spirit on the inside. But you will receive power when the Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I mentioned this before uh, a while ago. The Lord said, Peter, I don't need you to heal anybody. I do that work. All I need you to do is say to someone, what you're about to experience is God loving you. And then step out of the way and let me do my work. That's what a witness is. A witness doesn't do anything. They just go, hey, by the way, just want to let you know. What's about to happen is Jesus. And after he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. He said, but you will receive. They were, they were looking intently. And so they went back to Jerusalem. And they did a bunch of things. I love it. It said it was necessary for them to choose another disciple to replace Judas. Why was it necessary? Well, two by two, but, but the reality, anybody else come up with things that are necessary that end up not being necessary? You know, you know I always say it, there's a way that seems right to a man. Anytime when God's not speaking, you decide to help him out, right? You get busy. We'll, uh, we ought to do something. Anyway, moving on. And I love it. And, they, and then, so they nominated two men, Joseph and Barsabbas. It said they, they fasted, also known as justice in Math- Matthias, verse 24. Then they prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. And so they're fasting and praying, and they still can't decide. So then they just roll dice. <laughs> I just find that funny. Uh, anybody spiritualize your dysfunction? Moving on. Okay. Uh, so when the day of Pentecost came, so this is about 10 days later, they were all together in one place. But do you know how many they were? 120. Do you think if you saw God, Jesus, raised from the dead, you might hang around to see what's happening next? Why do you think, what do you think happened to those other 480 people or 400 people? They went to lunch? What do you think? I'm just curious. Give a, give a hint. Just not interested. Not interested. Why, 
I find Jesus very interesting. I mean, God rise, guys rises from the dead. I'd be interested. He says, wait and you'll receive power. What's that? Got tired of waiting. No? Nobody? Ever? No? Has stuff to do. What else? What? Afraid. What do you think afraid of? Oh, being a, be afraid of persecution, afraid of being different, afraid of, hmm? What else? Ah, they othered the message. I like that. They othered the message. It's about somebody else. Masha's talking about Holy Spirit, and you're like, hmm, that's kind of interesting. wonder what that will happen to other people. Hmm. Um, I'm going to say this. Anybody, um, anybody jumped out of a body because you were offended at somebody? In 10 days, okay, listen, anybody been to a family reunion? <laughs> How long did it take you to get offended? 20 minutes, yeah. No, seriously. Well, I'm not sitting next to her. I'm not sitting next to him. I'm not sitting next to them. Good grief, there's nowhere else to sit. I can get offended. Well, that's what I call go-getter. She was saying that she can get offended before she gets there. I'm with you. I'm with you. No, but in 10 days' time, do you think there's opportunity for offense? Do you think there's opportunity for judgment of one another? Now, here's the deal. They already demonstrated that they, what they thought Jesus was going to do was different than what Jesus was going to do, right? They thought it was going to be the kingdom and power and all this. And they were going to, when they, and he said power, they were thinking like governmental authority. Every single person in that room had a different idea what was going to happen. And they were all wrong. Sometimes waiting is about God destroying our preconceived notions of what's going to happen. Sometimes it's confronting. Uh, anybody, when you came into church, you thought it was going to be kumbaya and everybody just cuddles all the time? No? Anybody had those moments? It was like super sweet. And you're like, that will be like this forever. Anybody found it to be different? Slightly? When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Now, here's the interesting thing. You know what it says? It says they were 120, a group of believers. It doesn't say men. It doesn't say women. It doesn't say kids. It says 120 in one place. This was very countercultural. 120 were together in one place. And suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now, I have a question for you. So, they didn't have architectural standards like we do today. If you have a wind, mighty, roaring, rushing wind come rushing into, which they would have, sometimes have, they had this thing called the Sharaka, which would come in off the, the, the desert with mighty force. If you have a mighty wind come into the house, Are you not terrified? Are you not terrified? Tornado? Like, I don't know what's happening. I love this line from C.S. Lewis when they ask about whether the Aslan, who's a symbol for God, who's a lion, they, um, Lucy says, is he tame? To which Tumnus goes, no, he's not tame, but he is good. 
Our God is not a God that we conjure up and He comes as we want or invades our lives as we wish. He's not a plan of self-improvement. He is God. But He's good. But He's good. And He loves you and me more than we can imagine. He is for us more than we can imagine. We're going to talk next week, hopefully, about 1 Corinthians 5, dealing with sin, which is scary. And the Lord said something to me about this. He said, Peter, if you look at anything in the Bible and you do not see love, keep looking. He is good. He is love. Do you think these people were perfect? Anybody found that the more you're with people, the less perfect you become? (laughs) Or the more aware you become of your imperfections? No? Their imperfections, not mine. (laughs) In case you're wondering, I can help. I come from quality control. I will help, right? No, they weren't perfect. But they hadn't left. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of silent, a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire. Why did they seem to be tongues of fire? Because they didn't have a clue. If you walk with Jesus, you will see many things that seem. Don't be in a rush to figure them out. Seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Do you guys remember in the Old Testament, the whole body, the whole of, of, of Israel was led by what? Through the desert. A pillar of fire. Notice now the pillar of fire rests on each individual. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now here's the problem with this entire thing. None of that stuff is biblical. (laughs) I I mean, it's in the Bible. But none of this had ever happened before. None of this. Nobody had a manual. Oh, 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 if we just flip over to... No, when God moves, he doesn't consult humanity. He offends our minds. He offends, it's hard, it's hard. Who here likes theories and programs and have everything in nice little blocks? (laughs) You know, we were talking before in 1 Corinthians, said not many of you were wise when you came to Jesus. And he said, and you still ain't, (laughs) apart from the wisdom of Christ. They began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. So you imagine you're in a room and a whole, this is like, this is like the Tower of Babel all over again. What would you think at that point? What's going on? Well, I, I think we've all gone cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. I... Like, if you were so smart to have it figured out at that point, you get, I don't know what you get. You, you win the lottery. But it's not true. In that moment, it said, but God had a plan. Now there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. So during this time, the population of Jerusalem would swell up to three to four times. People everywhere, packed in from all over the earth, would come for the period between Passover and Pentecost. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard 
their own language spoken. And do you think the people who were speaking that language actually had a clue what was going on? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I knew a guy, uh, this was during the Soviet Union days, and uh, he had gone to Poland, uh, kind of snuck in. It was in the 80s. It was a little lo- more loosey-goosey. And he was in um, the middle of a, um, of a town square. He was by a fountain. This guy came up to him. And the guy started speaking to him in Polish. And he didn't speak Polish. And he went, bah! And he started praying to God. Just, you know, anybody done flare prayers? <laughs> he just started praying. But what came out was not English, but gobbledygook. The guy, right then and there, fell on his knees, gave his life to the Lord. Because unbeknownst to this guy, he was speaking Polish. Sometimes all God needs is our yes. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these all these who are speaking Galileans? That's code for country bumpkin hick rednecks. Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, blah, 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 both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? You can't ask a, answer a question somebody doesn't have. But for too long as a church, we're trying to answer everybody's questions, and they don't have those questions. What created a question for everybody here? The supernatural. In other words, what came out of them was not what they could actually do in and of themselves. I've said this before. The world needs to encounter a God that isn't us to be able to believe for a God who isn't us. Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. I didn't know that was a side effect of... uh, (laughs) Instant education. Some of you went to that college where you thought it would make you smarter. It doesn't. Then Peter stood up with the 11. And notice it's, it's the 11. They, they, they left old buddy uh, Matthias out. <laughs> uh, well, instead of the 12, uh, with the 12. Well, maybe, maybe. Raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. Oh, this is going to get smart intelligent these people are not drunk as you suppose it's only nine in the morning some of you are like i was a go-getter no i no this is what was spoken by the prophet joel in the last days god says i will pour out my spirit on all people because they're looking and they're offended because there are women and kids here Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. All those things happened at Jesus' crucifixion before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders and signs, the supernatural, which God did among you through him as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's 
deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to a cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep a hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body will also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will let, not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence. How does people speaking in random languages bring someone to the point in believing in Jesus? It's because the Spirit is speaking to them. It's not our job We're, it, to get them all the way there. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Fellow Israelites, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried in his tomb. It goes on. <laughs> he said... Therefore, let all Israel, verse 36, be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? And Peter replied, Repent, turn from your, allow God to transform your mind and be baptized. Turn from your thinking to him. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit that we didn't know we had till two minutes ago. The promise is for you and your children and for all those who are far off, for whom all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words he warned them, and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accepted his message were baptized. About 3,000 were added to the number that day. What I want to bring back is, how did it all start? Waiting, overcoming disappointment, believing God was better than we've known him to be, and staying and getting over offense. The American style of religion tends to be uh, self-improvement. Me, 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 me. I work it out all by myself. Anybody here is part of the group it has this mindset? Not you, but you've known of people like this, where when you're struggling with something, you go away and work on it until you can come back better? Blink twice. No, no. Anybody uh, have this, where you get offended at people, so you move around the church until there's nowhere you left to sit and then you leave? No. Anybody here, you, uh, you, you get offended at people and you wait till it wears off? Does it wear off? <laughs> no. It's in that mess that Holy Spirit falls. It's in that place that we find what we need. It's in that place of waiting on him, refusing to move, refusing, saying, I know you're good. I know you're better than what I've experienced. I need you, Lord, in the midst of the body that God comes and begins to transform us. God begins to move and he confounds our wisdom and our understanding. He confounds our, he confounds our plans, our schemes, our deep seated theologies. And he does what we cannot imagine. Do you hear the difference responses that everybody had to Holy Spirit? God will touch you in a unique way. God will move on you. Some of you didn't want to get up here because way God was Holy Spirit was moving on you was too quiet. Thank you, Terry 
for sharing that. Some of you just felt a stillness. Well, considering you've been crazed out of your mind for weeks, that's pretty supernatural. (laughs) Some of you just felt gentleness. You felt a gentle touch, which was huge because you've always seen God as this harsh, strong father. And he came to you in a gentle way, holding your hand. I just want to take a moment. I believe God is doing something in us as a body. And and I'm not intending for us to stay here till for 10 days. Don't worry. (laughs) People are like, oh, I need to change my calendar. No, no. But what I want to submit this is, what if we were a body that waited on God? And what I mean by that is we weren't, just trying to get to a certain point. We weren't just trying to deal with this problem. We weren't just trying to sort out this situation. We weren't just coming to get the tricks and, and tips and that, you know, the spiritual wording or whatever it was to resolve one problem. What if we were people that instead of just trying to fix me or fix them, whatever, we were people that waited on God and trusted him for whatever he had for us. That it was all that we could ask. Everything we need for life and godliness is found in knowing him. In the, and when he says that, he means that in the midst of the body, not as an individual. What if we were a people that were so confident in, good, in his goodness and love that we stayed in hard relationships? What if we were so confident of God's goodness and love and that he was going to resolve things that we would stay when we were offended? We would, we would stay close to people when we were afraid. When we would, we would stay even when it was uncomfortable. That when God began to move on us in ways that made us uncomfortable, we stayed. What if? Do you know that every one of those people in that room, they had money problems? They had money issues? Every single one of the people in that room, they had family problems? Every single one of those people in that room, maybe they even had physical issues, but they stayed because they were confident that in this place was everything they needed for life and godliness. I just keep seeing like wave after wave that he's just moving through. I don't know if, like wave your hand at me if, you, if you're experiencing it. It's almost like there's just like waves. <laughs> oh, I've got a microphone. <laughs> I, honestly, one of, the fruit, one of the manifestations of the presence of God is a deep level of discomfort. I know that's not a fun one. Um, anybody felt that? Like you, you might even feel like, like the desire to jump up and run, get out of the room. Or go to the bathroom or something. Yeah. <laughs> but that, that dis, there's a reason why Holy Spirit is called the comforter. If you're feeling that, just say, open your hands and say, Father, I, I, I believe, help my unbelief. I want, I don't know. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. That deep discomfort. He is the one... 
Father. You know. It didn't say they were playing music. It didn't say they were doing anything. Father, come, Holy Spirit. I feel like if you've had a thing that you've been demanding God to resolve in your life, it's become perhaps an idol. Would you be willing to lay it down before God and say, God, I choose to trust you with this, to resolve it how you will. Maybe it's a child, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a job, maybe it's money. I don't know, whatever it is, just I'd be willing. I can't resolve it on my own and all my efforts to do so just put a block between me and you. God, I lay down this thing before you and I say, God, I just want you. I just want you. And God is going to work on you different than anybody else. Don't worry. He knows what he's doing. He made you. Um, I feel like there are some of you all, <clears throat> you're having this experience of some sensation inside the depths of your ears. And literally, you've said, I can't hear you, God. He's literally opening your ears. Mm -hmm. He's opening your ears. That, that feeling, it's like either like cold or heat inside your ear. That is the sign that God is opening your ability to hear him. He said, my sheep hear my voice. That's all. Um, I, I felt another one. There's, there's some of you who are having searing pain in your feet. And some of you are having pain right between your shoulder blades. And for both of us, I feel like there's been a betrayal in your life and it's become an obstacle. Your need for justice in that betrayal has become a, an idol that's a, put a block between you and Jesus. And he's asking, will you trust me with it? Lord, we thank you that you're the comforter. I just feel discomfort going to 11. Jesus, right now, if you, can't, if you can't take it, just say, God, I can't. I can't handle this. I need you. Come, Holy Spirit. Come however you want to. I take off the boundaries. You yeah. come how you want to come. Just feel like in the fire, in the glory. <clears throat> Everything, the discomfort we're feeling is that everything that's not him is just kind of comes to the surface. It boils up to the surface and there is a choice to push it back down or just to let it go. All the impurities. And as, if, as things are just coming up to the surface, just start letting go. Just say, Jesus, I forgive or I release or I repent. Just whatever, whatever those things are. I feel like there's a whole group of us that we feel unworthy. That we're unworthy. That somehow our, what, the sin or the addiction or where we're stuck 
it disqualifies us. And it's just not true. Because that's what Jesus died for. He died for that. If you're in that place, just say, God, I give this to you. I can't. I don't even know what to do with it. I may have felt like you gave it to him a million times. Just give it and say, I can't. I give it to you. I can't. He's made you worthy. He's made you worthy. I just really feel like there's a number of us you're feeling fire inside and it's so uncomfortable. It's not like burning, burning, and burning hot. It's just like this, this, I don't know, fire just uh, burning inside and it's uncomfortable. That's Holy Spirit. That's not your indigestion. Ah, Jesus. Um, there's others of you, you're feeling tingling in your fingers. It's almost like neurological feeling, tingling in your fingers. And it's this, you felt insensitive. Like you can't experience, like other people experience Jesus, you don't experience nothing. And that tingling you're feeling in the spirit is God is restoring the sensitivity. Your heart, maybe life has been hard and you've allowed your heart to become hard like armor to protect you. But that armor has left you trapped and alone and unable to feel. And God is awakening your feelings that you can experience. And he gave you those feelings as a way to encounter him right now. If that's happening, just say, yes, Jesus, I, I receive it. I, I, I believe, help my unbelief. I don't even know. All he needs is the yes. He'll take it from there. He's good for it. I feel like also just um, that God is speaking to so many today and people are getting a fresh vision and a fresh assignment for their lives and for their destinies. Um, almost like, it's almost like a, some of you almost seen like a movie or a picture. Um, you know what Peter was saying, that the power, came, the Holy Spirit came inside of them when Jesus breathed on them. But when Holy Spirit came on them, it was for the sake of others. It was for the sake of carrying that power out on the streets. And I feel like people who've laid down their coal, I just see you picking it back up. Picking it back up. And I know that it can be so scary and so whatever, but just um, I feel like he's saying just um, he's speaking a new word over your destiny, over your calling. And I feel like he's just like showing you all pictures right now of where he's calling you, who he's calling you to. Yeah. I feel like for others, it's mm. the image I got was Jacob mm. with when he, God began to call him at, back to Esau, to the brother he had betrayed, the brother he was terrified would kill him. He's calling him back to the place he left and abandoned. And I feel like some of you all, you're feeling that, that there are relationships that you have allowed to be broken. Maybe you, the other person broke, whatever. And you feel right now God's calling you to, build, to pursue restoration. Guys, <clears throat> simply say yes. He'll empower you. I'm not saying it won't be scary, but say yes. In this is a holy moment. This is not a good moment to say no. I've said no in moments like this. It... Some of the biggest regrets of my life 
If he's pressing on your heart, he, it's because he's empowering you to bring that restoration to that relationship. To say yes to that assignment that you've been running from, whatever he's calling you, just to say yes. Um, there's some of you all, it's like, there's almost like fire in your brain. Uh, I don't, yeah, it's just like, uh, it like, or under the skin or inside the brain. And God is restoring your mind. Um, some of it's because you have abused your mind, uh, with some of the things you've seen, the, some of the things you've, uh, your thought patterns, maybe it's the, uh, anxiety or, or uh, things you've partnered with, but he is, he is restoring your mind to factory settings. He's restoring your mind to the way he designed it. Some of you are like, I've done too much to my mind. Maybe it was drugs. He is restoring the very synapses. He's restoring the protein sheaths, and he's restoring every part of your brain because he made it. Just say yes. If that fire is in your mind, we... We saw a boy who had destroyed his mind with 20 tubes a day of glue um, in, a, in a month and lose all muscle function, you know, and be fully restored to pass a medical exam for the Army with this fire in his brain. We just bless you right now. If you're experiencing, just say yes. Some of you, that, that dullness of emotion has been because of things like pornography. He's rewiring your brain. He's bringing restoration. Yeah, yeah. If we could have the worship team come, we aren't going to stay here for 10 days. <laughs> but we want to open this space. I feel like the Lord is doing such deep things. And just keep partnering with Him too and allow Him to do what He wants to do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's all stand. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that you are good. We thank you that it is you who do the work. Lord, we lay it all down before you today. We say yes, Lord. For more information, go to arise.life.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.